at the risk of offending everyone, all right? Crocky, we're going to talk about the Yotes going down under. Your Locked On Coyotes, your daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the show, everybody. This is Locked On Coyotes, number one daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes. Today's episode brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. I'm your host, Robin Leonio, alongside Matthew Jacobson. We both want to thank everyone for making this show your first listen every day. We are free and available everywhere you get your podcast, including now on the SiriusXM radio app. We've got a great show on today's episode, and we're going to do maybe a little bit today. And as we as we get closer as well, we're previewing Yotes Down on there as the Arizona Coyotes and the Los Angeles Kings in Melbourne, Australia. Just get ready to get ready for a you know for a good old fashioned maybe a kangaroo style fight. Who knows? We're we're just going right for the for the offensive left and right on on this locked on show. All right, I I will not apologize for my terrible uh, Australian accent. However, I will probably pre order tie the Tasmanian Tiger for it. So I I am here to to support your country, and I do know that Robin has no idea what game I'm talking about. But uh, I was actually trying to pull up the the announced rosters but I, I i'm very interested to see how, how this is going to go because the coyotes had to sign a lot of ptos and and guys that probably aren't going to make the team like ryan dezingle just to name a uh, name on the top of my head but because i need bodies they're playing three games on the 23rd one's going to be in wichita one's going to be in san louis and one is going to be uh in australia the lounge down and up and I, I promise I will not. I, I don't promise. I will probably not do another, uh, <laughs> another accident. No, I mean, yeah, you're right. It's a massive split squad game where everyone's going everywhere. Like, you know, you have like rookies and a bunch of other people going here. And it's like, there's a reason. Like, if you were wondering about a week ago why the Coyotes signed, what is it, 12 PTOs or whatever it was? Mm-hmm. Like, that's why. Yeah. Because of how many. Um, you know, I, I just what this split squad is, it, it game, um, games are going to be like. Yeah, and I have the roster right here. Essentially, the actual NHL team is going to Australia. And I think it's actually pretty cool. You you do want to have your best foot forward. I'm going to assume the Kings are going to do the same thing. But here I found the post by Craig Morgan. Forwards, Nick Bukestad, Travis Boyd, Michael Carcone, Logan Cooley, Lawson Krause, Steele and Gunther, Barrett Hayton, Alex Kerfoot, Clayton Keller, Matias Michelli. Jack McBain, Liam O'Brien, Nick Schmaltz, and Jason Zucker. So literally what we're going to assume is going to be the roster, but the only guys that could find their way out would be maybe O'Brien and Boyd, depending on how things go. Uh, on the defense, Josh Brown, Travis Dermott, who hopefully will end up making the roster, uh, Matt Dumba, Sean Dersey, J.J. Mosier, Victor Soderstrom, Troy Stetcher, and Yuso Valimaki. So literally just the, the defensive core. Uh, and then goaltenders Connor Ingram. Andrew Oki and Karel Vamelka. So it's literally just the NHL squad. 
it, it might like with a couple extra players. The primary squad, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think what probably the and my guess is that you know then the Wichita one would be like you know the next best rookies plus just some filler, and then the uh, the last one I'm missing one in St. Louis. I'm assuming is just the like ECHL people. It's the scrubs. They don't, the they scrubs. don't have an ECHL contract. This is their entire ECHL experience this year. Just sending the scrubs to St. Louis. But then again, who would rather be in, in Missouri than Australia? Actually, I would rather be uh, because they at least don't have human-sized spiders in uh, Missouri. But whatever. All right. Y'all can live with that. And I will, I will not. I will not live with that. I mean, yeah, it's, you know, it, it, it's, I mean, you know, people can have different, different opinions on, uh, on, on where they'd be. Like, I, I, I personally would maybe love to visit Australia once. Um, the key, the keyword here, Matt, is once. I don't, I don't know if I could handle that level of jet lag for one and also two, everything wants to kill me, so. I, I wouldn't do it. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm not sorry. I wouldn't do it. I'm not dying this young just by uh, going to Australia. Everything wants to kill you. But we're here to talk about the Coyotes. And considering it's basically just the NHL roster, what are you expecting? Because I, I think obviously you have the aspect of it's play, or it's preseason. You, you're not – like nothing's on the line. And – Almost no one involved in that list has their job on the line heading into the season. Do you expect there to still be an intensity? Because obviously Coach Andre Turnier, he wants to have that culture. And I was reading a, an article, I think Craig Morgan posted it, where, uh, or maybe Liam Merrill, I, I forget which, but he was talking about how if culture is not cultivated, it goes away. So do you expect them to put up an NHL-level fight, try to put that best foot forward? Obviously you're on a world stage here. Or are you expecting it's just a preseason game? I think there's enough that you can kind of look both ways on this. Like, it is, as, as an NHL Global Series game, you'd expect at least some level of intensity and some level of, like, you know, what you'd hope to be a top-level play. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, because it is preseason, of course, you're definitely not going all out. Um, because you don't want to risk an injury in preseason. So they're going to, you know, go through, you know, essentially playing like like an NHL-level game, but scaled, I guess, just slightly scaled back in some ways. Um, the reason why we're going to see more again, as you mentioned, because we're seeing the NHL squad versus, you know, the the younger ones, the ones that are probably aren't going to make the roster. Uh, it makes sense, like, makes sense to for it to be that way. Yeah, I guess. It's just, I, I don't know. I kind of feel like, you know, when you send teams overseas, obviously it's, it's a little different than the premier in Prague back in like 2009 or 2010, whichever year that was, or that's the start of the season. The first couple of the regular season games were uh, in a different country. But if you're trying to expand hockey outward, if you're trying to get an Australian audience uh, interested in it, be it whether or not they're trying to expand other Euro leagues over there or not, or just trying to get the interest of the game to have preseason games every every year so you can just have another different market to, to market to. 
you want to have a good product. So I do feel like there's going to be some sort of, of pressure to have a good performance. But in terms of needing the win versus loss, I don't expect that level of compete, if that makes sense. Yeah, true. And I, I, I guess it also makes a difference, as I mentioned, because it's a split squad, not just a two-way split squad, but a three-way split squad. Um, I feel like all the players who went to uh, went to Australia, or they went to Melbourne, they don't they, they don't have to look behind their backs and the worries of not making the roster. Mm-hmm. Those are the, these are the ones that are pretty much safe. So yeah, I feel like you're going to get a better game in Wichita, probably. <laughs> it, honestly, yeah. Um, so if you're so like maybe if you're the kind of if you're the kind of hockey fan um, who wants to, you know, watch, you know, a more high intense game, watch the one in Wichita. <laughs> but uh, but again, if you want to see the elite players, if you want to watch Logan Cooley and Dylan Gunther play together like of course you're gonna watch the game in melbourne isn't that gonna be on espn plus i believe so but of course we will we'll talk a little more about this coming up right after a word (laughs) robin from ag1 absolutely today's episode is brought to you by ag1 as i bring that as i bring up our little graphic there there it is our partner from AG, AG1, the daily foundational nutrition supplement supports whole body health. I drink literally every day. I gave AG1 a try because I was just getting sick and tired of having to remember to take so many different pills every day just so I can get all the different nutri- nutrients because because of how often I work, there's no way I'm going to get everything in the day of daily nutrition that I need. AG1 helps fix that. It, it, it covers everything, better gut health, a boost in energy immune system support and the best thing is i don't have to take so many pills it's just it's just one supplement all it really is is a scoop of this powder in a cup of water every day and uh that's it i just i I just drink it every morning before i go to work and it just makes me feel better before going into that day knowing i have all my nutrients and just overall i just actually feel better if a comprehensive solution is what you need for your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash NHL Network. That's drinkag1.com slash NHL Network. Be sure to check it out. Well, let's let's keep going, talking about uh, the, uh, the NHL Global Series because we got the... Uh, the games in Melbourne here, the games on, um, well, two days of the games. You got uh, September 23rd and uh, and 24th, so this uh, Saturday and Sunday. Um, I feel like there's a lot of anticipation going to this match. Just because I think just because, as I mentioned earlier, it is a global series game. Every, like For some reason, any game, even if it's a preseason game, the world stage, people tend to put a little more of a microscope on it. I think it's because the Coyotes are involved. There's going to be more of a microscope on it because, oh, why don't you send that team over there? But I I don't know. I I want to try to pull up the the Lions because we borderline called some of the defensive pairings. But then again, 
a toddler that follows this team could have called them because they're pretty logical. Uh, the first line was, I think it was Moser, then uh, Dumba, Valimaki, Dursey, and then Brown Stetcher, which Brown Stetcher just makes the most sense. I, I'm still going to stand by. It kind of supports. I don't think that Soderstrom is going to make the team. The The fourth defensive pairing is Dermot and Soderstrom. One of those two is going to be the extra defenseman. Uh, Soderstrom is not going to benefit from being on the bench, so he'll go down to Tucson. I think Dermot, as long as he plays well, will end up being that seventh defenseman. What are your thoughts on Moser, Dumbo, Valimaki, Dursey? I feel like I feel like that that just that defensive core. I feel like it's a breath of fresh air, man. Like because I it, it it's interesting because I. I've been criticizing the defense for so long. I'm like, oh, there's no the, the defensive um, personnel is uh, just, just just feels like something's missing. Just always felt like, yeah, it's just another year. The defense is gonna, be bad. even though there were some good players, but I feel like this feels a little more complete. Not a hundred percent complete, but it just feels more complete, and it feels refreshing. You know, I just realized right now, as as there's a, a video from training camp on on Craig Morgan's uh, feed right next to this. The reason why Sean Dursey is 50 instead of 51 is because Stetcher got his number back when he came back. I don't know why I didn't put that together. I feel dumb. But it's interesting. I, 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 mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't like Dumbo in the first pair. Yeah, that also that also um, something that uh, something that you just kind of reminded me of like mm-hmm. how you know the decision between some players choosing a secondary number is it like just one up sometimes or just the inverse of whatever their number previous number was it's like, yeah or like if the number usually is nine they'll add a digit like 97 or something <laughs> like i know like a lot of players chose 19 and then like because it's not available because so many players chose 19 or um earlier it's like oh 91 um <laughs> Same thing for what's another one that we, I that I see flipped all the time. Kind of thing. Eighteen to eighty-one happens quite a bit. Uh, I've never really seen sixteen to sixty-one, but like it, you'll see it flipped a lot, or you'll add a digit. Twenty-one. Uh, I, I, when's the last? What's the last twelve we had? Nick Ritchie? Because the only one that comes to mind literally is Craig Weller. It's <laughs> the only 12 that actually comes to mind. <laughs> oh, I'm carbon dating myself. Anyway, uh, I don't like Dumbo on the first pair because he clearly has been recovering from an injury and he wasn't quite the same offensive type defenseman. And I feel like that leadership is good, but Dursey having the higher offensive ceiling probably should have those top pair of minutes. It's obviously just training camp and also Dursey has to earn yeah. The minutes so veterans do get priority. I just kind of feel like, unless Jersey's also getting some power play time, that might not end up maximizing uh, your offensive production out of your defense unless Jersey is fully healed from his injury. I thought it was a shoulder injury. That sounds right. Maybe what ha- maybe what's happening though is more of um, as we as training camp progresses, kind of seeing what the chemistry works on certain lines because you know you you know these. These players practice together, sure, and they kind of you've, you've seen bits and pieces. But it's when the actual gets to the game to see what the chemistry 
the on ice chemistry looks like because we don't know we don't see any, everything else besides what happens on the ice. True. It's just if Dumba returns to form, uh, JJ Mosier is very very good at moving the puck. Surprisingly decent shot, a little sneakier. It's not not a great super great NHL shot, but he can score. Uh, he's better with the facilitating. If Dumba can kind of get his shot back to where it was, that could be a deadly combo. I just feel like Jersey's the better match right now. But then again, uh, I am just an armchair coach. I'm not actually. Yeah. I uh, think coach. To, to me, I, I think the biggest thing to think about is to also ensure that you're not putting, you know, what, what you would imagine the best two offensive, like, you know, p- offensive p- puck moving defensemen on, you know, on the same pair. There is a reason why, and I'm going to make a comparison to another team here. Mm-hmm. Um, for so long, so many people got so ticked off whenever the San Jose Sharks put Brett Burns and Eric Carlson together because it just did. It's just why. Um, it was just dumb. Um, I think maybe they just, like, you kind of want to be able to have a player of a good shot, a defenseman of a good shot pair up with a, a, a pretty decent stay at home or someone who can, you know, has a, you know, a better defensive mind. Yeah. I mean, that was interesting. I, I don't remember if, if EK 65 and Burns were on the same line, but a couple times them, they were. them both being on the, on the first and second line, primarily you lose a lot of what both of them were best at because you're kind of splitting the time. You're trying to, okay, well, sometimes Burns leading, sometimes, you know, Eric Carlson's leading the charge. And as soon as Burns left, his numbers got a little better. And then EK65 just completely, you know, jumped to the moon. So I I, I don't know. I Hopefully, because uh, the Dumba thing is only going to be a one year. I would be surprised yeah. if Dumba was here past, you know, the trading the trade deadline, to be honest. Uh, but hopefully he can come in and be a good culture guy help with some of the younger defensemen and, and help really establish his defense moving forward. But I want to see Jersey take over that, that top offensive defenseman slot on the right-hand side, because I just, I, I know that's where he's probably going to fit the best, especially with the defensive in, in inadequacies and with how good Yanis Moser is defensively. To me, it's kind of like pairing McCulloch with Yandel. Like you have someone that's not very good at the defensive aspect of the puck then you have someone that is excellent at that aspect who can play back, play a little more conservative while you have Jersey pinching and then Gandal in that example, pinching and trying to push the offense forward. That makes sense. You know, I've, I, I've always thought about, yeah, like I, I, a lot of people who probably listen to the show know, like I tend to like overthink defensive pairs. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes, even the last couple of years too. Um, like I get, I just get excited because, like, oh, I want this pair, and then I we, and then like it'd be so cool when we can name this pair X, Y, and Z. I get creative. I tend to get really creative. Um, can we just call it like the fire and ice pair? Like you, <laughs> just, oh, yeah. this is the oh, stereotypical again, offensive defenseman defense every day. No, but two years ago, I was. I think it was two years ago. It was two years ago. Mm-hmm. I was an advocate for the bear pair. The bear pair, and who was yep. the bear pair? Labushkin had to be one of them. Yes, I'm trying to remember who the other bear was. I remember it was oh, uh, ghost bear. Ghost, ghost bear. bear. Okay. 
I was thinking yeah. Kevin. Shane, you got his favorite Flip Bushkin. All right, all right. I and could, I, 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 I wanted it so bad because the bear pair sounded fantastic, and I thought like they could work well together, but it didn't happen. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, but you know what's not unfortunate? The next sponsor we get to have some words from Bird Dogs. It's my first time getting to read this ad too, so. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Are you tired of sacrificing comfort for style when it comes to your activewear? Introducing Bird Dogs, the game changer in athletic shorts. Picture this, premium shorts designed for maximum performance combined with unparalleled comfort. Bird Dogs are here to revolutionize your workout routine. With their unique built-in liner, these shorts offer ultimate support and flexibility, ensuring you stay comfortable during even the most intense workouts. And here's the best part, Bird Dogs are more than just workout gear. They're versatile enough for you to take them to the gym, to the street, without skipping a beat. Designed with pockets that actually work, Bird Dogs give you ample space to store your essentials while you're on the move. Bird Dogs are made with premium breathable fabrics that keep you cool and dry throughout your activities, perfect for the trails, the gym, or simply lounging around. Bird Dogs are shorts you've been searching for. Order a pair of Bird Dogs today and join the thousands of satisfied customers who have made the switch. Visit birddogs.com slash locked on. Enter promo code locked on NHL to get a free water bottle with every order. Bird Dogs, where style meets comfort and performance meets perfection. You won't want to take these shorts off. We promise you. And I promise you, I will keep these shorts on. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> All right. Well, we got um, – let's get back to the the, uh, the preview. And I'm mm-hmm. uh, looking at – trying to think where do we have our, our list here. Um, you you want to go over the line pairings? Yeah. Because they're going to be playing at uh, – what is it? Rod, Rod Laver Arena, who has a capacity of – 14,820, which is like 3,000 shy of what uh, DDA was. I, I had to throw that in somewhere. I knew I had to throw that in somewhere. But, you know, the first line has pretty much been untouched this entire time of, of Keller, Hayton, and Schmaltzy. Uh, the second line, I know Craig Morgan said that it's, it'll be interesting to see if they keep that, if they maintain that. Uh, and I haven't been keeping as close of an eye on practice as I would like. But Bukestad... Kraus and Michelli, let's just assume that's line two. Where what would you have as line three? I know we we've been throwing around a lot of Zucker and Cooley. I feel like, yeah. Uh Cooley. Oh god. Um I feel like I saw a decent line of, of players too that would have worked, but I'm blanking on. I think Kerfoot kept going between line three and line four. So I think one of them was like Zucker, uh, Zucker, Cooley, Kerfoot, with then McBain, uh, Gunther, and I can't remember the, the wing. It might have been Boyd being the, the fourth practicing line. Um, I I kind of feel like, you, you know what really sucks is Dylan Gunther might not have a full-time NHL spot this year. And, and let me just like, let me explain this because Cooley... It's not to the fault of his own either. No, it's not. Cooley can be the third to second line center while he's developing at the NHL level. And that's not going to hurt the team. He'll have your offensive explosion. So you'll have a third line center that can do a lot of stuff with somewhat mediocre talent, theoretically, but Dylan Gunther, he's going to need a better setup man. 
And on the third line, you're not going to get quite as many minutes. Typically, the third line's more of a checking line, even though the fourth line makes more the most sense of being a checking slash grinding line, which the Coyotes would have. But depending on the matchups and the unfavorable ice time and the unfavorable situations he'd be out there, I don't think that he'd be able to have the most ample opportunities to score. And as Craig Morgan pointed out in an article uh, recently about him, that most of his points last year came on the power play. So the 5-on-5 does need some work, and I'm not sure if they really want him on the penalty kill at this point. He might end up being an odd man out, so like Liam O'Brien says in the fourth line or something. Uh, you could you could plug any number of wingers in the bottom six, and then Gunther is the first-line winger in Tucson, where Gunther is at a bit of a disadvantage because if you maintain the momentum with that second line, that Bukestead, uh, Michelli, and, and Kraus line, who are you going to knock off that? Like the, the biggest thing, my problem with Lawson Kraus, and this is not trade Lawson Kraus, but my biggest problem with Lawson Kraus is he feels like someone that would be a perfect top nine anchor, a third line winger that would get you a lot of surprising depth scoring, but he works so well in that top six, it would be stupid to handicap him. But then where are you going to put Gunther? Because theoretically, Michelli and Gunther could work. You know, Zucker and Gunther also could work, but just theoretically, that could be a decent pairing. Someone who is a phenomenal passer and someone who has a really good shot, that could be a really interesting pairing. You could throw Cooley on that. You could throw even Kerfoot. I think he technically is listed as a center. You could throw McBain. He showed decent upside offensively. You can do a lot there, but how much is it going to hurt the overall team? And then, or at least the scoring and guys like Michelli and Krause who had such good chemistry. And also, why then bring back Bukestead? So in my opinion, Bukestead, Bukestead's probably the second-line center. Unless you make that line your third line, then you could talk about, you know, Zucker and, and Gunther on the second line, but they'd have to earn that ice time. And I, I, I think Gunther did really well last year. Do you think he's outplaying Krause and Michelli for a line spot? Do you think he's going to outplay them for that second line? I don't. And that's not even a knock against Gunther. It's no, just it's not. It's just, it's, just, of him. it's just showing how deep this Coyotes team is going into this year. And mm-hmm. that should be a reason to be excited. Yeah, I'm happy. A little disappointed, but you know what? If you send Gunther to Tucson and he gets meaningful time and shows he's you know, you know know head and shoulders above the rest down there, you, you can – Carcone, Carcone on the fourth line. Don't know why I forgot it, but you you can justify him coming back over to the NHL and being in a spot because you can't tell me there aren't going to be injuries. All right, obviously you don't want to to wish injuries on anyone, but it's going to happen. In in that theoretical scenario, he'd be ready for whatever call up. And let's say you lost your third line wing, you can plug him right in there instead of having to to shuffle things around because I think there's kind of a few too many vets on the team currently for him to beat him out. Like he's, he's better than O'Brien. Uh, he's probably better than Carcone overall, but Carcone's further along in his development. So you probably would rely more on Carcone. Uh, I, depending on like offensively, probably better than Kerfoot, but do you trust him, his overall game more than Kerfoot? Probably not. He's not better than Zucker right now. <laughs> like there's going to be competition. <laughs> oh, the, there sure will be competition, and 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 again, that's what this, uh, you know, these this preseason's for, mm-hmm. right? That's what it's for to kind of really figure out, you know, what's going to work best for the Coyotes and what works best for these players. Yeah, and I just it's, 
I don't know. It's that time of year when you actually start getting excited thinking about it. But th- those are all the thoughts I got. Honestly, it's just uh, Dunbar right. on the first pair concerns me. What are you going to do with Gunther? Is Gunther going to be a roadrunner? Do you have a, a top line of, of Donor and Gunther on opposite wings? <laughs> yeah. Here's one thing that uh, I yeah I think we I think we can tie into tie into this episode as well. Mm-hmm. How about we uh, make some uh, betting predictions? I, I I just spent the rest of my gas money on on Digimon cards today. I'm not. Hey, I'm it's not okay. We're not. Mood. Hey, we're not. We're personally not putting any money down here, <laughs> but we're gonna do what you know. Like maybe we can say what we would pick, right? All right. What we would pick. So Robin the gambler. Our, we, we we, <laughs> we got our uh, our uh, odds posted uh, by our partners at FanDuel Sportsbook. They are they uh, they have posted the uh, the uh, the odds already for this matchup, where the Los Angeles Kings are point and a half favorites at the plus one thirty five odds, mm-hmm. um, with the money line in favor of Los Angeles at minus one sixty four odds. Total points is set at six. I'll hit the Coyotes in that. I'll hit the Coyotes, or at least the the over under in total points being six. Because do you really think Karel Vimelka or or Connor Ingram are gonna care that much? Like the the goalie tandem, like barring a miracle, all right. And whether or not you want to talk about the validity of that alleged uh, interview with Vimelka or not, barring something ridiculous happening, it's Vimelka Ingram. Neither of these guys are going to be you know, worried for their job. They're probably going to be just using the game to get loose. It's going to be probably going to be more goals than, than five or six scored total. I am going to um, make a double prediction here, and it's if you're if you're a fan of same game parlays, you can make this double prediction if you'd like. Mm-hmm. I am going to pick the arrows and the coyotes on the money line at plus one thirty four. With over six. Okay, there you go. You heard it here first, and if they allow you to, to bet who scores first for the Coyotes, uh, let's just say Michael Carcone, because it's almost never who you think it's going to be scoring <laughs> first. So just throw Carcone on the ticket. <laughs> uh, I can only imagine what the odds boost to that would be if you try to put, if you put that on there. It'd be nice. You, you bet a dollar, you get like twenty five back. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I wouldn't. I, I I won't. I wouldn't complain. Didn't anyway, anyway, we're out of we're out of time on today's episode of the Lockdown Coyotes podcast. If you like what you heard, don't forget to leave a review, to like, comment, and subscribe if you have yet to already. We're available everywhere you get your podcasts, including on YouTube and the Sirius XM Radio app. Don't forget to interact with us on social media. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash Locked On Coyotes. On the app formerly known as Twitter, now known as X, at LO underscore Coyotes. I'm personally at Robin underscore Leonio. Matthew Jacobson is at the Easy Sports Guy. Interact with us. Ask a question you might have. Interact right back on a future episode of the Locked On Coyotes podcast. Thanks again, everyone, for listening to today's episode. Hope you guys staying safe out there. Hope you guys staying healthy. And don't forget to howl on.